Hello and welcome to Rams Revealed. I'm your host, J.B. Long, and it feels like we're getting closer to football season, doesn't it? Significant progress this week from the NFL and the NFLPA. Hopefully more to come. And we're also rooting for our friends and colleagues and peers in the NBA and Major League Baseball and the NHL, all the entities that are striving to create a safe environment for competition. Hopefully there's some real sports synergy and momentum and best practices we're all learning and adopting. Our guest today is Austin Blythe, who was drafted out of Iowa by the Indianapolis Colts, but waived after his rookie year. And so he joined the Rams in 2017 as a versatile backup on the interior of the offensive line. And by 2018, he had taken advantage of an opportunity to replace Jamon Brown at right guard. And that was a starting job he never relinquished on the way to an NFC championship. As our audience knows, though, 2019 was a painful reminder that the continuity the Rams enjoyed along their offensive line for multiple seasons was a rare exception to life in the NFL. And playing through bumps and bruises himself, Blythe had to bounce from right guard to left and eventually took over at center, where Brian Allen was lost for the back half of the schedule. Blythe was an unrestricted free agent this offseason, but chose to re-sign with Los Angeles in March, presumably to be their starting center. And we'll talk quite a bit about how his versatility has helped him build an NFL career. But in 2020, it seems he's got a very specific task in front of him. So there are many places we could begin our conversation with Austin, but let's start in the here and now before we rewind for some of the backstory. Austin, Thanks for being with us. I hope you and your family uh, have found some silver linings, I guess, in this challenging time to be both a parent and a professional. How have you navigated the last few months? There have been many silver linings, as you mentioned. Um, it's been awesome. Sally was born at the end of January, about a month after the season ended. And uh, it's just it's allowed us a ton of time to kind of watch her develop, or it's allowed me a ton of time to watch her develop and grow. And I told my wife she's six months old today and it's been the fastest six months of my life so uh, there's a silver lining in that uh, also getting to spend a ton of time and catching up on lost time with my son Reed who just turned four um, so just a ton of family time um, it's allowed me to uh, have my let my body recover um, really just feel good and healthy coming into the season and um, and I think those are some silver linings that I can take away from this last six months or four months or whatever of quarantine and um, ready to go, anxious to get going again. All right. So we kind of start the conversation. You're, you're in Iowa. You're preparing to transition back to Los Angeles. And I do want to circle back and kind of finish with that rural Iowa experience all the way through your, your college days as we continue this Rams Revealed conversation. But as I mentioned in your introduction, you were a free agent this offseason. Let's dig into some of the NFL specifics. Was there ever a consideration of exploring other professional options, Austin, or was it your intention to return to the Rams if at all possible? Yeah, I think it was definitely my intention to try and return to the Rams. Um, but at the same time, I think in any profession, whether it be football, you're in the corporate world, whatever it is, you're going to look for options that may be better than the ones that are presented to you and your old, you know, your current, current job, current position. And I did that a little bit. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I just looked at my position and outlook with the Rams and um, the people that I'm surrounded with in that organization Organization kind of just separated itself from anything else that I had on the table. And um, it was um, – I was happy with how it worked out. I'm very excited to be back. Um, it's been a long 
seven months, eight months now, or whatever, since the season uh, ended for us last year and just anxious to get going and, uh, you know, have a good season. So from my conversation with Sean, it seems fair to say that the dialogue with you focused on being the Rams starting center in 2020, was that your read on it as well? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that was, you know, a main, one of the main reasons why uh, I came back to the Rams because I came into the league initially thinking that I'd be a center. I had no uh, inkling that I'd ever really start significant games at guard. I knew that was a possibility just based on my position coming into the league, um, being an offensive interior offensive line, playing those positions in college. I knew that was a possibility, but I did not by any means think that I'd have this many starts at guard over center. So I've, uh, I, I'm very excited for the opportunity to, to, to play at a position that I'm very comfortable in and excited to, uh, to grow off those eight games that I played in uh, last year at center. I mean, it must feel a bit like home for you, knowing your high school and college career. Now for the first time you enter a professional season as the assumed starting center, what impact, if any, does that have on your frame of mind and also your preparation as you ramp up for this year? I think it has a huge impact. I think uh, last year going into the season, I didn't take any reps at center. Um, you know, I would go out there for center quarterback exchange for five minutes before practice started um, and get some snaps there. But that's just snapping a football. Like, that's easy to do. Um, but in terms of actually preparing at the center spot, it's a different, it's a different animal. Um, you're, you're, you're on the line of scrimmage. You're closer to the guy you're going to have to block um, versus guard, where obviously you're a little further away from the ball. You're a little further off the ball. Um, guys have a little bit more space to work moves um it just takes longer at, a, at the guard spot i know it seems minuscule but it does make a difference so that sort of thing i'm going to be able to get comfortable with uh before i even have to play a game versus going in their second quarter of the steelers game last year and and hmm. uh, you know kind of going with it on the fly you know and, and obviously offensive line is offensive line um but there are little nuances to different positions on the line Austin, quick tangent here, because you were a seventh-round pick of the Colts. You alluded to the fact that you came in as a center. You saw live action as a rookie, even made a start. But then you were waived after just one season. What were your thoughts, if you can remember, at that point? Did you believe that there was still a clear path to making a career in the league, or were you concerned that it might be a one-and-done situation? Yeah, I did not think there was a clear path. Um, I thought – I always told myself before I even got into the league – you know, preparing for the draft and stuff like that post-college career. I always told myself and, and Kylie, my wife, if I was going to be a guy that bounced around from team to team, got cut here and there, um, you know, was up again, off, uh, down again on, on the active roster, the practice squad, that sort of, if I had that sort of path in NFL, I wasn't going to do it for very long because that's just not the, the life I wanted to live in, especially with having Reed right before my rookie training camp uh, in 2016, I just didn't want that for us. So that happened, and I was left wondering, you know, what is going to happen now? Um, Los Angeles was a team that if I got to free agency in the draft in 2016, that I had an opportunity to go out and play for. And we quickly crossed it off the list because just moved from St. Louis to L.A., um, just a logistical nightmare, didn't know where they were going to practice, play, all this sort of stuff, right? So – I was just like, nope, not going there. So when I got cut, um, we said the same things, you know, still kind of, you know, they're still transitioning from St. Louis to LA. It's halfway across the country. Uh, our families are really important to us. It's going to be harder for them to travel out there and visit. And lo and behold, we got the call to go out to LA and we both kind of 
just taken aback, you know, um, kind of like, like the rug pulled out of us feeling kind of, and I remember Kylie, uh, bawling. I, I, so I got picked up. I had to go out that same day, get on a flight five hours later to go out after I got, realized that I got picked up. So Kylie's crying. Um, it's our anniversary. We're having a good day. And, uh, I just remember telling her, I was like, I need you with me in this, if I'm going to do this. And the rest is history. I've, I've had a great career so far and, and, and anxious to continue in LA. Well, I'm happy it's worked out for you professionally and even more poignant that it's been a, a comfortable place for your family as well to be a part of the Rams organization. Yeah. It's like a lady from what we uh, anticipated. Oh, I, I can only imagine. In fact, I was going to ask you later, but I'll just kind of put it in here coming from Williamsburg, Iowa, which is, you know, by census, a town of about 3000 people. Out to the greater Los Angeles area, what's one thing that you love about and prefer in Iowa and one thing that maybe you've come to really enjoy about Southern California? The one thing that I think we really enjoy about Williamsburg is just the total community feel of this town. There's been countless examples just in the last couple of years that I can name off the top of my head where you really just appreciate where we come from. We grew up in Williamsburg, so... We, we've always wanted to settle down here, but you just appreciate how at home you feel. Uh, the people in Williamsburg are great. Uh, it's a community that pulls together for, for other families that need help. Um, and then you go out to a place like Thousand Oaks or, or Los Angeles, and it's very nice to have things to do for your kids. Um, very nice to go out to a good restaurant that's five minutes away versus tw- I mean, five versus 25 minutes isn't that big of a deal when you're you're talking about having a babysitter, kids, all that stuff. It, it is a big deal. So having that stuff close, um, like I mentioned, stuff for kids. Reed loves Chuck E. Cheese. He loves Dojo Boom, that trampoline park there. Uh, movie theaters five minutes away. So that sort of stuff is nice. Um, but I, to, to us, you just can't beat the small town feel of, of where we're from in Williamsburg. I spent the better part of two years in Iowa in the Quad Cities, Austin, and uh, the summers there are, are pretty special. I mean, yeah. pretty pretty unique, and it's not at all what uh, the stereotypes that I'm sure you've heard your whole life uh, yeah. make it out to be. Uh, yeah, we get a hard time from guys. It's like, why in the world do you want to live there? It's like, I don't know. Until you, until you experience it, you just don't. You can't explain it to people. And you married your high school coach's daughter, which sounds like Friday Night Lights, but I'm sure you've only heard that about 2,000 times. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. We didn't actually start dating until we went went off to college, though. So it was all kosher in uh, in high school with the high school football coach. <laughs> and if my research is correct, you're now in business with your father-in-law. Can you tell us yeah. about Legacy Acres? Yeah, that's been a really fun adventure. Um, so two and a half years ago, uh, he approached me and was like, "Hey." Uh, you know, I've been working out there for 20, 25 years and, and the guy that owns it is, is getting older. His sons don't want to, um, keep it going and, and, you know, he's looking to sell. So, and growing up an outdoors guy, hunting, fishing, doing whatever outdoors, I, I was like, wow, you know, uh, something that I can look forward to after football, kind of have a plan made for me, kind of just fell into my lap and, uh, something that we've kind of hit the ground running with going into year three now, um, starting to build a lodge, kind of doing some of the things that um, we talked about doing post-football, but with how it's going out there now, it's it's been really good, really successful. So, um, yeah, he kind of holds down the fort back here, and, and I'm anxious to, to have a, a plan or excited to have a plan post-football because a lot of guys don't have that. 
So it sounds like your clientele, instead of organizing maybe a group golf outing or weekend, would engage in a kind of a hosted hunting experience. Do I have that description correct, more or less? Exactly. Yeah. So guys can come out and, uh, you know, they say we want to stay for, um, you know, three nights, four days hunt. Um, and we put out birds for them and they go out and have a good time and, and hopefully tell people, other people about us and we get more, more business that way. So it's, uh, it's a, it's a fun, fun deal. If you're, if you're into hunting, have any Rams come out yet? Not yet. I've had a lot of past Iowa, uh, teammates come out and, and, you know, have some outings, but no, no Rams players. I'm working on it. Well, I'm almost glad because now I can ask, who do you think is the best shot on your team? Like if you were drafting a group to come out to Iowa, who would be your number one draft pick? Oh man. If you asked me a few years, a couple of years ago, it'd be John Sullivan. I know he does something now. Um, shoot. I think, uh, I think Rob Haven's sound would be good. He's, uh, he's spent a lot of time in the Midwest. I know he's not from the Midwest, but spent a lot of time in Wisconsin. David Edwards would be another good one, I think. And, uh, I don't know. I think that I, I feel like any offensive lineman, you stick them into something they haven't done before. They'll learn quickly and be good at it. I'm afraid to ask, but how about the worst? Who would you not want to be stuck with? Oh man, man, that's a good question. Shoot. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I, I want to say Colone. I, I just feel like, you know, from California hasn't probably spent a lot of time on a field. Um, not a lot of time around guns. So I, I feel like I'd peg him as the worst, but <laughs> maybe something to discuss when you all get back together, uh, for yeah. training camp. Um, yeah. and I do want to get back to John Sullivan and, and the Rams, but since we've kind of gone down this pathway while we're still in the, the Iowa frame of mind, while you were in Iowa city, uh, George Kittle was one of your teammates. I wonder how you would describe your relationship with arguably the best player on your biggest rival now professionally. Yeah, George is always a. I feel like what you see is what you get with George. Um, he's not a guy that uh, is going to fake anything. You know, it's just who he is. He's a goofball. Uh, he loves having fun. And I think that's the way he plays, and I think that's why he's a good football player. He doesn't take it too seriously. Um, obviously, he takes it serious enough to serious enough to train uh, as as hard as he does to play as hard as he does. But at the same time, you got to have a level of fun with it. And I think that's why he's been so successful. Well, I hope you and George get to battle on the field uh, for many years to come in Los Angeles and San Francisco. You mentioned John Sullivan and the fact that you share some off-field interests. And so let's get back to the the Rams camp a bit in that you saw what Sully was able to do in partnership with Sean and Jared when he was playing center for the Rams. How do you think you were able to manage those responsibilities at the end of last season? And how can you build off that in 2020? Yeah, I think – John, I think being able to play next to him, not only watch him play the first year I got there, but to be able to play with him the following year and just to see how he prepared, how he saw things, how he analyzes things, processes things, really helped me just kind of seamlessly step into that role last year. Um, you know, in meetings, I'd always, I would always, I just had a knack for doing it um, all the way back at Iowa. So I just kind of continued doing that in the NFL and, is kind of making sure I knew all the responsibilities and assignments of those three spots on the interior offensive line. And uh, that's, that was no different last year. You know, the first eight games, obviously I played guard and uh, I would always, always know the center plan, know the, the checks, know the looks, know everything that a center would need to know in case something did happen. Um, 
like it did that I would be able to move over and there'd be no hiccups, no speed bumps, nothing. And Jared would feel comfortable. So I think I learned a lot um, from John. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I was able to do um, to, to move over seamlessly last year. Speaking of Jared feeling comfortable, what about the point that, you know, look, he's going into year five, fourth season in Sean's system. He's a smart guy. Shouldn't he kind of be taking more of the reins at this point? You know, that's kind of an outside in commentary. What does it look like from the inside out? Yeah, I think that's what's special about having centers that can see that stuff is that it kind of takes some of the pressure off of him from having to know all that stuff or not, I shouldn't say know all that stuff, but spearhead all that stuff and, and, and make the checks and have to be perfect, 100% perfect in those scenarios and those um, protocols. Um, I think having a center that can do that just allows him to play the game as it's supposed to from the quarterback position. And, uh, you know, I think he does know that stuff. But, again, um, it's just nice to have two people. Sure. Uh, to, ha- to have those, to share those responsibilities, kind of lightens yeah. for, for both of us. Yeah, it sounds like you're freeing up his bandwidth for other concerns. Exactly, exactly. All right, so this next question is kind of just a different way of asking how weird is it going to be to play in an empty stadium? But I'm, I'm kind of tired of that question, quite frankly, in those answers. Um, but I think I can say with a high degree of confidence, Austin, you won't need to put in much work into like a silent count this year. It's probably like not at the top of the to-do list. Can you yeah. give us a sense, especially for road games, what impact that will have at the line of scrimmage? It's going to be huge. Um, I think, obviously, teams are better with cadence, pre-snap penalties, checks, motions. Everything that goes into pre-snap football will be essentially the same everywhere. doesn't matter where you're playing, road and home, anywhere, neutral site, anything. My uh, – my interest would be to see if the NFL would allow a certain like noise level mm-hmm. from opposing stadiums. Um, you know, obviously, uh, obviously you can't pump it in. So it's louder than it ever would be with fans, but it'd be interesting to see. Cause I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, obviously the game of football provides its own kind of motivation, being able to play it and stuff like that. But at the same time you feed off of your fans and uh, it'll be interesting to see the, the, how the dynamic changes a little bit. Without I, think it's so I think at SoFi Stadium, maybe we just have this beautiful wind chime that we're hearing um, yeah, yeah, so it, Iowa. Be distracting, yeah. <laughs> I could take it down if you need to. <laughs> no, I, I like it. I just wanted to make sure I referenced it at some point so our audience didn't think that Rams Reveal got like some new yeah. soothing background music. Yeah. <laughs> we got a... Uh, we got a sleeping kid and, and a kid playing inside, so I just wanted to, to have my own space so it wasn't interrupted. I, I totally get it. I got four years and seven months, so uh, any peaceful, uh, soothing noise is much appreciated, if not a white noise machine. A couple more, and then we'll let you get back to your family, and I uh, look forward to seeing you in Los Angeles. The Rams candidates, Austin at guard, next to you, I think are pretty intriguing, whether it's Austin Corbett, David Edwards, perhaps Bobby Evans, Joe Nopum coming off an injury. What are you looking for in terms of the men on either shoulder having played their role at this level yourself? As far as what I'm looking for, I mean, that's at this point, everybody's capable. Um, I know what those guys bring to the table. Um, you know, Corbett, Corbett is, he's a extremely strong and explosive football player. I think you saw that a little bit last year once he stepped in. Um, Joe is just an athletic freak. 
Um, you know, David's got his own athletic abilities, but he's extremely smart. Um, so all those guys and, and Bobby's another athletic guy, um, that can play any position. I think he played, uh, all four positions last year in the preseason. So he's capable of doing it at any spot. So anybody who steps into those roles, um, is going to be well, well equipped, um, to be able to handle it. Um, and I'm, you know, whoever it is, I'm excited to just be able to go out and play and, and see those guys and, and, uh, you know, try to win some football games. Knowing that position group hasn't been on the field together since December and without the benefit of joint sessions or preseason games, what would your ideal training camp look like in terms of getting in sync with the starting five? I think being just being on the field as much as we can together, um, walking through plays, running through plays, whenever that is allowed to happen. Um, in the meeting rooms, having an open dialogue. And I think that's something that Coach Cromer does an awesome job of, job of is just allowing guys to speak um, if they have a question, um, comment on things, and just, again, having an open dialogue and, and getting questions answered. So people, once we get out there, whoever it is, it's seamless. Um, guys know what to do. Guys know what the terminology is. And, and uh, again, just super excited to get going and, and, and start working together again. Well, say travels back to Los Angeles. I hope uh, your family can join you and that the logistics work out before too much longer. But I understand that you've got a great setup there in Williamsburg, Iowa, too. And we're happy for you and happy for that. Thanks for your time, Austin. Appreciate it, JB. To our audience, before you get on with your day, we would love it if you took a moment now to let us know that you're listening. Please rate us, leave a review, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Those are quite helpful. And also subscribe so that you can be notified when the next episode is available as we ramp up through training camp and into the season ahead. For Austin Blythe, Matt Israel, Jory Hirsch, Travis Langer, I'm JB Long, and this is Rams Revealed.